Did you know that over 60,000 new tracks are uploaded to Spotify every single day? That's a new track every 1.4 seconds, and that's just on one platform. With so much music now available, it's more important than ever to stand out from the crowd. So it's not surprising that more artists are starting to use less conventional sonic textures in their music, like field recordings. Perhaps you've always wanted to infuse the sounds of nature or your favourite city into your own tracks, but not having the right gear or knowledge might have held you back. Well, if that's the case, you're going to love the brand new guide I just created, teaching you how to start field recording with just a smartphone. And it's all yours for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five-point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. Now, if you know me at all, you know I'm passionate about more women getting into self-producing and home recording their music. And I also love recording in studios. They are wonderful spaces where real magic can happen, but I do really appreciate having the skills and setup to create music and experiment with my creative ideas from the comfort of my own home too. This is something I've discussed on the podcast before, and the amazing musician and producer, Flaming June, aka Louise Etoc, who also happens to be one of my wonderful Home Recording Academy alumni students. And I wanted to bring you this golden nugget from episode 57 with Louise, where she describes how much more freely she was able to create through learning to record and produce herself. Because Louise really dissects exactly how this has helped her to shape her own vision and make an album she's truly proud of, and one which has gone on to win her an award, by the way. It's an important reminder of the freedom and creative possibilities home recording can afford us. I've always found when I've recorded before that the process takes so long and the vocals go on last. They're always rushed because you're running out of time. But for the music that I write, the lyrics and vocals are like key, really. And so for that part not to be given the time was always very frustrating. So I had as much time as I liked and I could do as many layers as I liked with it. And um, yeah, I just, um, it all came together quite easily. And I think that's because having been sort of arranging songs with Cubase for me, you'd never forget that. I mean, that sort of, you know, I did that when I was 18, 19, but you never forget those skills of, and through working with very, very good musicians over the years, you know, I've got, um, you know, I've got a drum kit in the background there, not a drummer by any means, but I know how to play the drums. I know, you know, what sort of goes where. So it it was the first time that the drummer didn't have eight arms as well, because before, (laughs) you know, I would have stuff going everywhere. Yeah. So then I I put that together and um, I played it to a couple of people and they were like, that sounds actually all right. (laughs) Like family members, this was. And um, and, uh, I mean, it had a long way to go. But from there, I then sort of recorded two or three more. And then I thought, actually, do you know what? I've got something and then it just grew and it grew and it grew. And I think what was a biggest learning curve for me was probably after I've recorded a song, 
I did lots of experimenting with EQing the final track. And for me, the difference was absolutely unbelievable. The only way I think um, it's like from going from a two-dimensional song to a three dot, I don't know, it just did something amazing. And I downloaded a couple of programs where you can upload a song that's quite similar to yours. And then it sort of tells you sort of how you might want to adjust yours. So I learned through doing that and, uh, and you know, you, you'd click it on and off and it was like flat to like three-dimensional is the only way I can describe it. Yeah, I mean, my, the songs I write are super simple. There's nothing complicated going on. So it all came together. I think that like what people will hear from, you know, hearing particularly that track, Ballad of Daniel Dawson, is there's so much energy in it though. And like you've kind of talked about before, it's not easy to capture that. And that's definitely captured on the album. Oh, well, that's good to hear because I've always struggled with that. And that song is based on a true story. So Daniel Dawson was actually hanged for poisoning horses. It is true. And he lived in the town where I live. So I kind of yeah, I felt a connection with the story, I suppose, and tried to. That's what I've tried to do that I feel I've never done before in a recording was to get some of that energy and passion into it with it still being controlled and not like horrible to listen to. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's some of it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, there definitely is. Maybe you could talk a little about Paralyze Me Where I Stand. Because I know you said that this one was one where you kind of experimented with some new techniques. I did. And and it's quite a personal song for me as well, because during last year, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD very, very late in life. And um, I wrote this song before I knew I had it, but it kind of is about what it feels like, I suppose, to have that untreated. And uh, so that was a song I was doing your course and it came to the field recording bit and I like to be sort of quite creative with stuff and I'd, I bought a little handheld recorder that I know you'd spoken about and because how ADHD feels if it's unmedicated to me is basically just everything coming at you like a high-speed train like and you can't go that's A that's B that's C that's D it's just like everything so I wanted a train coming towards or sounding like it's coming towards the person so I went out and I recorded a train and I also on that one I messed around a lot with spreading the sound so when the chorus comes I used a I can't even remember what it's called an imager is it an imager stereo imager or something oh yeah that yeah. just like spread the sound and then right at the end as the train comes again, I brought it all the way back to like pretty much nothing. So I had a great fun making that one. And, and it is quite a personal song for me because it, it did, it's, you know, it's explained how it's felt to be me really up until a year ago when things, you know, started to get a bit better. So that was, that was a real home recording Academy song, that one, because I'd finished it. And, uh, and the other thing was I bought, and, and listening back to it now, this is this is laughable, really. But I changed my mic during that song, and I recorded the first part of the guitar with my old mic, and the second part with this mic, which is a Rhodes mic. And I was absolutely paranoid that the the sound difference. I posted something on Facebook, or you probably don't remember, but I was like, I've changed my mic, and the guitar sound just doesn't sound the same. And if I listen to it now, it's totally not even noticeable. But at that time. <laughs> 
it to me it sounded so different I was like this road's mic it's never going to do but it just it doesn't sound wrong it just sounded different and my ears weren't Red, you know, they just weren't tuned into it. You get used to your equipment, don't you? Particularly microphones, you'll get used to how something sounds. And yeah, yeah. And it's, I listen to the song now, and like, you can't even, it's not even noticeable. There's like no difference <laughs> whatsoever. And I was like obsessing about this mic. Well, I hope you liked this Golden Nugget episode and that it's given you some fresh perspectives and new ideas to try in your own music and creative life. Remember to swing back over here each Thursday for another dose of bite-sized Girls Twiddling Knobs realness from the archives before we drop season four in November this year. If you like this episode, why not hit subscribe and share it with a musician friend? And to listen to the full original episode, check out the link in the show notes. Okay, Knob Twiddlers, I'll catch you here next time. So, how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, and you know someone else who would love it too, be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.